This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Your fearless host, Brian Petrie, for this MMA Takes Pick on Podcast. I am going to pick every single fight for UFC Vancouver this weekend. One of my guys, Justin Gaethje's headlining against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. What a fight. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, boys, okay? Like I always am. I'm maybe a little too honest, okay? Uh, I don't love... Like, like listen, the, the fight card I think is good, right? There's some intriguing fights. We'll get into all the fights. As a better, as a gambler, as a guy who's going down to a sports book on Friday to cash my tickets and then, then take those winnings and put them on more winnings, I don't love this board. Right, I don't love it. I don't love the fights. A lot of them are pickums. A lot of them are pickums. Um, and if they're not pickums, I mean they're pretty much you know bowl of spaghetti fights, spaghetti and meatball. You know what I mean? So we'll get into the the true bowl of spaghetti fight where you can you know just flip a fucking coin. But um, we're gonna get into this and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dive into it. Okay, I've had a I've had to use my significant brain power to unlock who's going to win these fights it's been it's been incredibly tough if i'm being honest with you guys a lot of these fights i mean the lines are the lines are properly matched i think but um it's a tough big it's a tough racket right if you ask any handicapper right now we're all going to have different picks that's how you know it's going to be uh, you know uh, a pretty exciting card i could go over on this card, this is one that, you know, I'm picking, I finally hit 60%. I'm picking at a 60% pick rate right now. I'm hitting underdogs every fucking card. Last fight, I hit the plus 235 Diego Ferrar underdog. I'm in a groove right now, right? I'm spotting the underdogs, and I think I got a few. However, I could go over on this card. I don't know what to think. The main event's fire. The main event's absolutely bananas. I don't know. I mean, it's it might last 10 seconds. It might last all five rounds. Either way, it's going to be awesome. And then after that, the co-main event's a little weak. There's some interesting fights. There's some guys I'm interested to see. So without further ado, let's jump in. Let me uh, hang on here. Ill-prepared. All right. So first fight of the night, you got Kyle Prepolek. Pepedeci. Kyle Prepolek, plus 115. He is 12 and 6. He's fighting Austin Hubbard, who's 10 and 3. He's a minus 145 favorite um again starting off the fight uh starting off the card with another really close one kyle prepolik uh lost canadian right i don't know if he's from vancouver but Can- uh, canadian north of the border this is in canada well i mean canadian fans pound for pound might be one of the best in uh in, in all of mma so he's gonna obviously have some home field advantage here he is uh he lost his debut to oh who was it you just had it on the tip of your brain you just had it now you're making me click a button brain what are you doing? Nordine Salim, who just got slept. Um, he looked good in the Nordine Salim fight. I mean, Nordine's a giant, giant man for 170. He obviously was up in weight. This is at lightweight. He's fighting Austin Hubbard, who is a, a, a tough dude, a dude who is scrappy. Um, his skills don't jump off the page to me. He lost the decision to Davi Hamos his last time out, which, I mean, is, is, is pretty decent when you don't get submitted by that guy. But he's got wins. You know, he's got some losses, ugly losses as well. But he's got some decent wins. He's pretty well-rounded. I would, say, I would consider him like, a, you know, 
a mixed martial artist where he's not great at everything. I think he has a wrestling background, but I'm not completely sure. Um, Kyle's interesting at 115 here. I think I think you can get some decent money. Um, it's it's a little low. That's you know 115. I thought he'd be a little higher because he's only fought once in UFC. However, Austin Hubbard has a loss in UFC as well. Both these guys, I think, evenly match. I think we're going to really see, you know, who's going to move forward at 155. I like to see Kyle at 155. His Nordine Tlaib loss, again, was at 170. Showed some promise in that fight. Not thinking Nordine Tlaib is some kind of world beater. I mean, we just saw him get knocked the fuck out. But, um, and some people called him a mush and trash on, on Twitter. I don't condone those messages, but they were said. Uh, you know, I, I want to pick Kyle here, but I just, I think Austin might just be a little more well-rounded, a little bit better everywhere. Um, look, you know, I'm going to say more powerful, but I think he's going to be kind of the bull in there a little bit. It's good to be a close fight. I, I see this. I see these guys matched up very evenly and I see this being a, a pretty close fight, but I'm going to go with the American cause I'm a honky. I'm my old good old American boy. I'm going to go with the American Austin Hubbard. I, I think it's so dumb when, you know, they did a pay-per-view UFC 58 when it was America versus like Canada, my boy Rich Franklin fought David Loazzo. George St. Pierre fought BJ Penn. Um, that's silly, right? I mean, Canadian, we're, we're connected, right? Canadians versus, Amer- you know, USA, that doesn't make any sense to me. Canadians versus, like, Brazil or Canadian, you know, or, or America, USA versus Brazil or USA versus Russia, that makes sense. Canadians, they're Northern Brothers. I mean, who cares, right? Canadian versus USA, is that really, I mean, that's not a rivalry. Maybe in like hockey or something, but I don't consider it a rivalry in fighting. All right, next up, you got Lewis Smolka, who's a minus two twenty favorite. He is fifteen and five. He's fighting Ryan McDonald, who's ten and one, who is a plus one seventy five underdog. This fight surprises me because Lewis Smolka has been around forever in the UFC. He he was in the UFC, started off his career hot, then he lost four in a row, got cut, um, then came back, won his debut, and dropped his last fight out. I believe he got submitted. By uh, who'd you get submitted by? Matt Schnell, old Danger Snell submitted him last time out. Uh, so Smoko's a guy who you know you don't know what you're going to get. So it's really surprising that he's a minus two twenty favorite. I'm actually really shocked at this line. Ryan McDonald ten and one. I believe he's zero one in the UFC or is he making his debut? I don't. I, I've seen some video. Okay, so he's zero one in the UFC. He's lost his debut to his Chris Gutierrez. By decision, he's got a lot of wins by rear naked choke decisions. Only one stoppage on his record. He is primarily a grappler. Lewis Smoke is a pretty good grappler. This is at 135. Smoke has made a lot of his bones at 125. Uh, Ryan McDonald, again, a guy who I've only seen footage of. I, I don't remember the Chris Gutierrez fight. I did look him up before picking. And, um, you know, he's got some decent grappling. Obviously, when you watch highlight tapes, you watch fights, you're looking at so much, you know, out of a guy i just don't love lewis smoke at minus 220 i think that's crazy i think if you if you go to a if you place some money down lewis smoke unless you're his family member that's a, an insane bet that's crazy to me i'm taking the underdog here i'm taking ryan mcdonald i think he is um i mean listen plus 175 is an interesting number he's 10 and 1 He's going to be the bigger man in there. I think Smolka might have like a little bit better stand-up, but he's been submitted on the ground. Ryan McDonald is good on the ground. He gets submissions off you know, off, off his back, on top. He's got a lot of different submissions on his record. Lewis Smolka's been tapped several times. Um, I know he had some problems when he got dropped from the UFC. He had some life problems. Hopefully, that's not the case. Hopefully, he's motivated. But 
I did rewatch his Matt Danger Snell fight, and I wasn't impressed. I thought he put himself in bad positions, and uh, his fight IQ was really lacking. I, I mean, Matt Snell is great off his back, and uh, Small could just put himself there. I, I don't, I don't really understand what he was doing in that fight. Hopefully, he comes out and fight smart. But minus two twenty for Lewis Smolka is heavy. That is a crazy line. I wouldn't touch that line. Um, I am going to take the underdog here. I don't know if I'm going to bet this personally, but for the record, for the book, me telling you guys, I would, I would, I would bet Ryan McDonald. I think that's a good line at plus one, uh, one seventy five. All right, next up we got Chaz Skelly, who was seventeen and four. He's a plus one fifteen underdog. He's fighting Jordan Griffin, who's seventeen and six at a minus one forty five favorite. This fight's impossible, right? This was the last fight I picked. And, you know, I go through my processes. I, I, I print off the sheets for the records. Because I don't do, I need to start tracking my bets a little better with like the online stuff and Tapology. Shout out Tapology. They have a great thing where you can pick each event, track your percentage and your picking and stuff like that. Um, I do old school. I print off the sheets from Tapology, print off the card, write the, write the, the, whatchamacallit down, write the uh, odds down. And then I proceed to go one by one looking at each fight, looking at the records, looking at the uh, footage, all that. And then I, 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 pick who i want to win i put a little w right and i underline the underdogs i got a whole system guys okay don't knock it um chas kelly versus jordan griffin was the last fight i could fill out the very last fucking fight i've i lost last time jordan griffin fought i lost right i put, I put money on him he was the underdog he lost a decision to i believe it was not danny and danny Ige, whatever you want to say is fantastic right he's a, he's a real good fighter no shame in Jordan Griffin losing that. He was he had just came off the contender series, won by rear naked choke. He is a Duke Rufus guy. He's only got losses on his record from like former besides his first two in MMA, like they're all former guys who fought in the UFC. Dan Moretz fought in the UFC, lost rear naked choke. Juan Archuleta, who is fighting a 145-pound tournament. And Bellator, he's a stud. He lost by uh decision to him. He's got some decent wins, so I was really confident the Ige fight. Ige just is, is too much. Chas Skelly's a guy who's really good off his back. Uh, good submissions to him. Uh, kind of tall, lanky, awkward striking. He's training down at Hard Knocks 365, so he's getting a little bit different look. I believe he's a Texas guy, so he's going down to Florida now to get a, get a different look. I mean, I'm sure he's still with his Texas team, but I've seen video of him at uh, 365. He's coming off two straight losses. Jason Knight killed him in the third round and Bobby Moffitt with that weird darts choke where he wasn't out, but he was out. It was kind of a weird thing, and, and he kind of handled it really well. Hasn't seen him in a while. He's, he's, he fights injuries quite a bit. Uh, this is tough. Listen, I mean, Chas Skelly is, is a plus 115. I think if it goes to the ground, I think he has a, the advantage. He's the bigger guy. Jordan Griffin is um, good on the ground as well. Decent striking. Kind of leaves himself open a little bit. Kind of wild. Uh, when he was fighting Dan Ige, I mean, Ige cracks and he was putting his hands down still. Um, I don't know if he's going to hunt for the takedown on Skelly. I think he has advantage of the stand-up. Skelly is a little, I mean, he's got good kicks and in awkward boxing, but it's not the cleanest thing. He wants to fight to the ground. I think he's dangerous on the ground. Is he as dangerous, at, you know, to put money on? I don't know. Um, again, I, I, yeah, I'm going to pick Jordan Griffin as a favorite, plus 145. I think that's a decent number next to his name. He's a little high, in my opinion, um, for literally being 0-1 in the UFC and coming off the contender series. He trains with a great camp. I think he does have talent. Chad Skelly, again, we haven't seen him in a little bit. Um, he's coming off two straight losses. But UFC experience obviously leans toward Chad Skelly. I mean, he's, like five, he's had like five or six, I think. Uh, it's fought better competition. So the line's a little weird for me. 
Um, but I think Jordan Griffin at minus 145 is a good play. I think that is, I think I would put money on that. I don't think that's too terrible. I think he just has the more physicality, more tools to win. I think if he can prevent the fight from going on the ground, I think he can win the stand up. Even though Chaz Skelly is very awkward and he's obviously been working on a stand up, I do think Jordan Griffin could, with his pressure and his aggressiveness, can take this down. But that's a tough fucking fight. That I don't know if that's my boldest spaghetti fight yet. I don't think it is. I think I have another one, but that is uh, that is a tough fight to pick. All right. So next up, we got Brad Katona. He's he's from Canada, but he lives in Ireland. He's six and one, eight and one. Was he six and one, eight and one? He's minus one seventy five favorite. He's fighting Hunter Azur, who is seven and zero, oh, who's a plus one forty five underdog. Uh, Hunter is coming off the contender series. Looked pretty good. Won a decision. Got a contract. Big guy. Good cardio. Um, didn't blow me away in the contender series. That's a hard. That's a hard spot to be in there. A lot of sharps, a lot of handicappers that I've, I've I've seen that have already released their picks. They like this kid. They like this kid in this matchup. Brad Katona kind of got exposed in the Marab fight. Um, Marab is is on another level, beast wise. I mean, that guy doesn't slow down. He's got good grappling. I think Marab can do that to anybody at one uh, at one forty five. Or excuse me, at one thirty five. Katona's a great off the contender series. He's beat. Or, excuse me, the ultimate fighter. He's beat a lot of people with a lot of different styles. I mean, he's got to finish over Bryce Mitchell, who is lighting the world up with this camo short call out. And, and uh, you know, he's, he, you know, he, that, that ultimate fighter that Contona came off of was a pretty stacked deck and he won it. And uh, he's just real basic, right? He's really good at like the simple things. Like his cardio is good enough, but it's not a Marab level. His wrestling's good, but his defensive wrestling's not great. His stand-up is good. His chin's good. But, you know, he's good all around, but he's not great everywhere. It's kind of a weird mixed bag. I think he needs the Katona that is. I think his aggression needs to come out a little more. I think he does have all the skills to win. I think he has all the all the tangibles with the good camp. I do think he has good cardio, but he just got out-cardioed by Marab. That's not a big. That's not that big of a deal. Aljamain Sterling has got a great cardio, so I can't keep up with this guy sometimes. No knock there. I think that's why Bracatona is is a little low. Well, he's actually kind of high now that I think about it. I thought he had a different number. I just I, I just said it five seconds ago and I forgot it. Minus one seventy five. Probably won't bet that. Um, I do think this is kind of a, a, a toss up fight. Hunter Zur. It looked really good in the contender series, but we don't know what he has. He's undefeated. He's a young kid. He's big. He's strong. He did slow down though. I think that's going to be his big thing. This is going to go to decision no matter what. So if you're going to bet, bet that it goes to decision. I don't care if that's you know minus a thousand. Put money on it because it's going to decision. Neither of these guys are going to finish each other. I see Katona having a rough time in the first round, getting it together later in the second, taking over the third. I think he's good. he has better cardio, and I think he has his overall the better game. Probably going to win a unanimous decision here. I'm going back Katona, even though I don't like the line. I don't like him that high. I, I, I for some reason I thought he was he was a minus 105, 120, but my brain broke. Uh, next up, you got Marvin Vittori, who's 13, three and one. He is a minus 300 favorite. He is fighting Andrew Sanchez, who is 11-4. He is a plus 230 underdog. Now, this fight is tough as well, right? So Marvin Vittori just got a uh, a little, EOC just put out a little, like, um, not documentary, but they're, they're following him, right? So they're kind of pumping this guy up. He's got a close split decision loss to Israel Asanya, Israel's second fight in the UFC. He looked good his last time out. Uh, you know, he's had some steroid issues, but I know it was a tainted supplement. Not the most exciting guy in the world, in my opinion. Decent stand-up, really tough on the ground, good cardio. Um, but minus 300 for him is absolutely insane. He's fighting Andrew Sanchez, who 
Has some ugly losses on his record, right? He's been finished before, but that was before TriStar. He's at TriStar now, and he looks amazing. He's fighting smart. His wrestling and grappling is really good. His cardio is through the roof. Um, him going to TriStar training with Faraz is the best thing that's happened in his career. He's won two straight. Two straight against some decent competition as well. Um, both times I betted against him because he was the favorite. Marc-Andre Balut, he won by decision. That was a striker. He looked good in that fight, and then he beat Marcus Perez, who is a big feather in his cap. Marcus Perez is a very, very talented fighter, former LFA champion. He's got a lot of wins in the UFC. So with Vittori, they're kind of they're kind of pushing him a little bit with that video I just saw. So they like this guy in this spot, right? Andrew Sanchez is the most marketable guy. He's not the most exciting guy. He's going to push you against the cage. He's going to wrestle you. His stand-up hasn't been great. His chin's obviously been tested. He's been knocked out before. Vittori... I don't think he's ever been rocked before. The guy's got a block head, right? Did well against um, Israel Asanya. I think he's one of one of maybe the only Italian. I mean, the guy lives in Italy uh, fighting in the UFC. You know, I don't know how big of a market that is, but they're going to kind of maybe rally behind this guy. Um, so I feel like the UFC is pushing Vittori. Everything tells you Vittori is going to win with the number next to his name, minus 300. With his record, with his close uh, loss to Israel, his last fight out, he looked great. However, I'm here to tell you that, oh, yeah, another one. Boom, double, since it's a plus two. I'm taking Andrew Sanchez all the way in this fight, and I'll tell you why. Vittori's really good. Like I think he is talented. I think he's underrated a little bit. I, I like that he's getting a little bit of a push. However, Andrew Sanchez's style is really weird. But Tori's never fought a guy like this, right? He he slowed a little bit in the Israel Adesanya fight. He looked great his last time out. Uh, he he fought uh, what the what's that fucking guy's name? Uh, Cesar Farrar, who you know, has been at one seventy before. So I don't I, I don't consider that a huge feather in your cap. Even though Cesar is a, is a great fighter, sorry Cesar for taking shots, but let's be honest. But anyway, Andrew Sanchez. He's got that grinding style. He's got that American wrestling style. Vittori is a very good grappler, but how good is he? defensively how good is he? he's going to get put on his back right he has a draw against amari akhmedov which again amari akhmedov went down to 170 so they had a draw there seems like Marvi, marvin's only fighting 170s andrew sanchez is a big boy for 185 i see sanchez coming forward i see him playing it smart i see him throwing kicks i see him pinning at marvin against the cage i see him wearing him out hopefully he doesn't gas himself because he has in the past but with training at five or try five star tri star um hopefully he doesn't that's my underdog big underdog pick right there andrew sanchez plus 230 i'm definitely betting this fight i'm running the sportsbook bet this fight on friday i love it i love this fight i love this underdog pick i've been hot with underdogs don't fade me you definitely gotta you definitely gotta heed my advice um andrew sanchez all the way that's that's tremendous value all right next up you got cole smith who's seven and oh he's a plus 110 underdog He's fighting Miles John, who's 9-0, who was a minus 140 favorite. This is, let me see. Did I agree on this? No. Okay. I did not. Okay. This was going to be my bold spaghetti fight, but it's not because, I mean, it's pretty evenly matched. Cole Smith, Canadian, 7-0, undefeated, good grappler. Miles John's coming off Dana White's contender series, 9-0, good grappler, undefeated, American. It, 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 it's very close. You know, um, I don't know a ton about Cole Smith. I did look up some footage of him. I think he's pretty well-rounded. He does have a title uh, somewhere in the Canadian organization. 
I think he's I think he's a very talented fighter. Miles John, obviously I saw him fight on the Contender Series. He's a nurse. He had a great story. I, th- I believe he was on that show that Dana picked all five winners. One by decision. Looked pretty good. Looked like he could have finished it. Um, dropped the guy a few times. Big, strong kid. Worry about his cardio, though, right? When you're 135 and you pack on a lot of muscle, those guys slow down quite a bit. Cole Smith, 7-0. Good record. A lot of finishes by submission. Uh, good grappler. I just, you know... I don't know. It's tough. I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I have Cole Smith written down here. I have a W right there. But not, the more I think about, it, no, no, I'm sticking with my gut. I'm going with Cole Smith. I think guys that come off the contender series get hyped up a little bit. Their their um, their line gets inflated a little bit because we've seen them. The American public has seen them. Miles Johns, I think, is a great fighter. He's nine and zero. He's undefeated. He's got some good wins on his record. Has all the skills in the world. Pretty quick turnaround from Contender Series as well. Like two months ago, he did that. So quick turnaround gets a tough Canadian in Canada. Um, I, I mean, listen, if Miles John was the underdog in this, I take Miles John. I don't hate Miles John at minus one forty either. I think that's a that's a viable line. Um, but Cole Smith at plus one ten when they're so evenly matched. I mean, you got to go under there. You got to go with the underdog. So I'm, I win with the dog. All right, next up you got Augusta Saka who is 13-1-1. He is a minus-105 favorite. He's fighting Marcin Tabora, who's 17-5. He's a minus-125 underdog. Pick him fight. Heavyweights, big boys. I'll keep this short and sweet. I think Tabora stinks. Um, it's just the way it is. I think the guy came in the UFC, has some good wins, decent stand-up, good striking. I just don't know how seriously he takes it, if I'm being quite honest with you. Now, he has fought some tough competition. He's fought some, I mean, he's fought the Wardooms. He's fought some really high-up guys. He looked good in the Derek Lewis fight uh, until he got knocked out. Augusto Saki is a guy, Sakai, whatever, um, is a guy who's fought another some real good competition as well. Just needs to pull the trigger a little bit. I think this guy could be something that heavyweight. I mean, he's got some good wins in his, in his past couple fights. I mean, he's got a great record. Um you know, he's got a split decision win over Andre Lasky. A lot of people thought he lost that fight. He TKO'd Chase Sherman. And then he came off the contender series and with another knockout of Marcus Coronado. His only loss is a split decision loss to Czech Congo and Bellator. Um, Czech Congo's got everyone by split decision, I feel like. I think this kid's really good. I think he's got good stand-up. I think he's hard to hit. Um, his ground game, I think it's good, but that's obviously not his bread and butter. Marcin Tabora, I just, again, I think he's trash. I think he stinks. I think he's going to get, you know, to, if Saki doesn't, Saki needs a finish, right? If you want to get to the heavyweight division, right? If you, it's a thin division. If you want to get talked about, you want to get put in those spotlights and make some money and fight some of the best, you got to start finishing people. Bottom line, people don't watch heavyweight fights for it to go to the decision. They just don't. You need to finish. I think Saki, this is a finishable fight for Saki. Um, I like the line. It's a pick and fight. I, I don't hate the line at minus 105. I might take the line. I might take the money line on Saki at minus 105, and I might I might sprinkle. I might just throw a little bit that it won't go to the decision. Not sure what that line is. I don't have the props in front of me, but I'm going to bet that Saki knows I got to go in here and finish this guy who's been finished before and get my fucking name out there so I can fight the Curtis Blades. I can fight the Derek Lewis's. I can fight, you know, obviously for the title. Obviously not now, but down the road. That's what you're, you're going to want. He needs a finish here, in my opinion, so I'm taking Saki. Next up, you got Misha Serkinov, who is 14 and 5. He's a minus 115 favorite, or pick him, underdog favorite. Jimmy Crute, who's 10 and 0. He's a minus 115 as well. This could be either way. Uh, lines I've seen, uh, it's even across the board. That actually surprises me a little bit, right? 
I love Jimmy Crute in this fight. I'm going to cut to the chase. Jimmy Crute looked great against Sam Alvey. He's looked great in his... What, well, he, he fought another uh, time before that as well. Yeah, so he came out of the contender series, right? And he won by TKO. He tapped out Paul Craig in the third round, which was a war. And then he TKO Sam Alvey, which, you know, Sam protested and everything like that. I, I, I don't agree with the stoppage, but, he, you know, he looked good in that fight, right? Sam's a tough dude. Sam doesn't get knocked out all that often. And he dropped Sam twice through a nice head kick, nice uh, switch on the ground, excuse me, nice sweep on the ground. And uh, he looks good. Mr. Shirkinoff has a chin problem. The guy's fucking yoked up. He's jacked up. He's rocked up. But he has a chin problem. Um, and he's good on the ground, but he's really hesitant on the feet. I think Jimmy Crute catches him early with a punch, takes him to the ground. I think he's Crute is more than competent on the ground. I like this kid. He's young, trains with a world champion kickboxer. I like him in this spot at minus 115. That's crazy to me that he's, this is a pick em fight. I figure Sirkinoff was going to be maybe plus 180. Crute uh, undefeated, has two wins in the UFC, coming off the contender series. Betters, gamblers, people who set the lines love that. But they're giving Mr. Sirkinoff a ton of credit because I guess they haven't seen enough of Crute on, on the ground. And Sirkinoff is dangerous. He can't submit you. He's a big fucking strong bear, and he'll submit you. But I like Jimmy Crute big in this. This is, this is one of my favorite fights of the night. I'm definitely betting this fight. I'm very, very excited for this. And uh, there you go. It's Jimmy Crew. Next up, Antonio Carlos Jr., Shoe Face, one of the best nicknames ever. He's 10 and 3. He has a minus 230 favorite. He's finding Uriah Hall, who doesn't have a nickname. <sighs> Fucking Uriah Hall. 14 and 9. He is a plus 180 dog. Um, I I don't win money on Shoe Face. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll cut, I'll tell you right now, I'm not betting this fight. Right, Uriah Hall can fucking land a jump switch kick and end this fight in four seconds. Probably won't, but he could, right? The Gagar Musazi fight, he did that spinning back kick, hit Gagar right in the fucking face, beat him, right? He has that in him, right? But, you know, he's training all over the place. I, I don't know where he went now. I believe he's in Texas. I believe he went down to Texas at Fortis MMA. Uriah's kind of popped over. He went from New York to California, now to Texas. Um, I think it's not the training because I think Uriah has all the skills. It's more of a mental thing. Um, he's not a great grappler. He's not great off his back. He gives takedowns up easily. He's not aggressive enough. I can go on and on. Carlos Jr. is coming off an Ian Heiner's loss, um, which he looked really ugly loss. He, he did not look good in that fight. Um, so he, he's obviously looking to rebound. I think this is a horrible style matchup for Uriah Hall. Pretty sure he's not too excited for taking this fight. Um, you know, that he accepted, obviously, but. And Antonio Carlos Jr. has decent striking at, at best, but he's he's a handful on the ground, and especially on top. And uh, I'm going to take Shoe Face in this. I mean, the guy's name's, nickname's Shoe Face. How can you not take him? All right, next up, you got Michael Prezera, who is 23-9. and nine. There is no line for him because this fight just got made like 24 hours ago. He is fighting Tristan Connolly, who's 13-6. and six. Again, no line. I'm sure this line will be outrageous. It's going to be... A very favorable line for Michael Bezerra, who is uh, Capoeira, who had that crazy knockout last time out against Dan Roberts. He's was an internet phenomenon before he came to USC with like his flips and his kicks when people were on the ground. Um, the guy's action packed, right? Tristan Tonnelly, uh, Connolly. I said Tonnelly. Tristan Connolly. God, fucking tough name. Uh, number one welterweight in Canada. Decent record. Has some ugly losses. He's got some losses to guys who have been in the UFC already, so it seems like he's he was right there, 
And maybe if he won that fight, he might have got the call. But uh, like Shane Campbell fought in the UFC as well. Um, that was back in 2017. Shane Campbell, I think, lost every UFC fight he, he was in. Uh, Nebard, uh, Nebard Tristan back in 2017 lost that fight. And then uh, who else you got here? And that's it. I thought he had like three or four guys on the record. Has he beat anybody that's been in the UFC? Let's see. Uh, no, but he's on four wins in a row. So he's four wins in a row, all by submission. This guy is talented on the ground. His pitcher on topology is literally him like camel clutching some dude, some poor schmo on the ground. Obviously, he's going to get this fight to the ground. Um, Pazera is a wild man. He knows that. He takes ball, it takes balls to take this fight on short notice. You know, I, I, I'm going to pick Mike, M- Michelle Pazera because, I mean, listen, I don't know what the line is. I'm not going to bet it. He's a wild man. I think if he wins... By knockout, I think that's going to be a huge boost for him. Even though Connolly is coming in and doesn't have a name yet, two straight knockouts like that's going to propel you to top 15 status at 170. You might not be top 15, but you're going to be fighting people in the top 15. Okay, so I'm picking Bazaar. There's not much on that fight. I mean, I don't know a ton of Tristan Connolly. That fight just literally just got announced the other day. But props to Connolly for stepping up and fucking be like, yeah, I'll fight this fucking guy in my hometown and get a shot at the UFC. His ball's right there. All right, next up, we got Todd Duffy, who's 9-3. He's a minus-110 pick'em, or underdog, excuse me. He's fighting Jeff Hughes, Pride of Ohio, who's 10-2. He's a minus-120 underdog favorite, whatever you, whatever you want to call us. And this is Have you like spaghetti and meatball? my bowl of spaghetti fight. Um, I mean, the Yanni the Greek guy, Yanni the Greek, yeah, real good. He, he picked this fight. Um, he picked three fights on, on Dana White. Dana White tweeted out a video of him picking three fights. What handicapper, what idiot would go on, put a video out there picking this fight? This is, no one knows what's going to happen. Todd Duffy hasn't fought in four years, has big power, doesn't have a great chin. Jeff Hughes is 0-1 in the UFC, right? Coming off the contender series, but he lost to Murray Screen his last time by split decision. You know, what, like what, what professional gamer is going to put himself on video telling people that this is the fight you should bet. He picked Hughes, which I don't hate the pick, but what? That's, this isn't a fight you fucking tell people to bet on. This is a fight you run from. Everyone knows that. You fucking run from this fight. You, you know, Todd Duffy had all the skills in the world, can't stay healthy, can't stay consistent, really fast, really powerful. He's a problem in the first minute. Once you get outside the minute, he's going to gas, no matter what. Jeff Hughes knows that. Jeff Hughes... Has decent striking, good boxing, trains with Stipe, Ohio guy. Um, I'm going to rock with the Ohio guy at minus 120. I'm not betting this fight at all because I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. But I like Jeff Hughes in this fight. I just, I don't like Todd Duffy being that far away from the ring. I don't, you know, four years, shoulder surgery, knee surgery, fell through the cage. He's always got like a fucking story. I think he had like a disease a few years ago. I don't like it, right? His last fight was Frank Mir when he got knocked out by Frank Mir. That felt, that felt like 10 years ago. I mean... That felt like fucking 10 years ago, okay? Uh, that's crazy. So I'm picking Jeff Hughes, but listen, I'm not going to bet this fight. I advise everyone to fade Yanni the Greek or Yanni the Teeth, whatever you want to call him, fade him because he's not going to get you any kind of money because this fight, you, you got to avoid this fight. All right, next up, co-main event. Glover Texera, who's 29-7. and seven. He's a minus 110 uh, underdog favorite. He's fighting Nikita Krylov, who is 25-6. and six. He is a minus 120 underdog favorite. It's a pick em fight. Um, interesting matchup. I don't love it as the co-main event. I, I realize that 
Gaethje and Cerrone can sell out anything. So they're gonna, you know, they're gonna put it, it makes the most sense because Glover has the most name recognition. Uh I saw Nikita fight live against Ovin St. Prude. Look good, look smooth. Ever since he's came back to UFC, he's looked pretty good. Glover, though, man, he's got that old man thing going for him right now. Where I mean, Carl Roberson had him out, had him out in that fight, and he came back and won. Roberson hits like a fucking truck. Glover's really well rounded at this point in his career. He's really good on the ground. He's heavy on top. Chin worries me a little bit. Nikita Krylov has good kicks, has good head kicks, is good on the ground as well. I think they kind of cancel out on the ground. If I'm being it, Glover's definitely better on top. If he gets on top, it's gonna be a problem for Nikita. On the feet, I like Glover. I think Glover's lost a step. I think he's a little bit slower. Um, but I think his boxing is really good. I think Nikita has been knocked out before, has been touched before. That's probably going to be the plan of attack if I was Glover. I would, I would box him up a little bit, probably try to get the fight to the ground, be heavy on top. Glover has a dangerous arm triangle choke on the top. Um, I like Glover in this fight. This is, this is a really tough fight to pick. Um, I've heard a lot of people I respect pick Nikita. I'm on Glover. I think the old man has got something left in the tank here. And I think this is a interesting fight because Nikita can come out and just fucking destroy Glover. I don't know. I don't think we've seen his full potential yet. He looked good against OSP. OSP got him back in the day, but with that weird uh, OSP choke. And then he looked good against OSP in, um, in Atlanta. And I watched it live with my own fucking eyes all right main event time you got uh donald cowboy cerrone who is 36 and 12 he's a plus 160 underdog he's fighting justin gaethje he's 20 and 2 he's a minus 200 favorite just yesterday justin gaethje was um a minus 192 or excuse me minus 190 then he went to 192 now he's a 200 so he's a two to one favorite against cowboy um a lot of significance in this fight right cowboys seems like he's taking this pretty quickly you know, he beat Ali Quinta, and then five weeks later, he took the Tony Ferguson fight, uh, got his eye all busted up. People thought he broke his orbital, was not broken. Now he's taking this fight. Doesn't seem that long ago, right? He's very active, which I, I used to not hate. I used to be okay with it because I think that's good for him. But when you're getting up there in age and you're taking a lot of punishment, I don't like that, especially when you're fighting a guy like Gaethje. Gaethje's a fucking killer in there. One of my guys, Justin Gaethje, is fighting, so obviously I'm going all out. Um, it, it's no secret. Uh, I'm going to give you my pick. It's going to be Justin Gaethje. I like Justin Gaethje in this fight, not because he's my guy, but I do think he has a talent. Now let me break down the fight. They trained together. Gaethje admitted that back in 2012, Donald knocked him out with a head kick or knocked him down at least, concussed him is what he said. That's going to be the only way I think Cerrone wins this fight is I think if he throws some head kicks. Justin Gaethje has some lacking in... Um, in uh, defense, right? His defense isn't the best. He comes forward a lot, so Cerrone can land a beautiful check uh, counter head kick off a punch. Justin Gaethje throws big shots, kind of leaves himself open a little bit. That's the only way I think Cerrone can win this fight. I think Cerrone can't get this fight to the ground. If Gaethje gets really gassed, shoots for a lazy takedown, Cerrone obviously can take a neck, can take whatever. Gaethje's really good on the ground when it comes to scrambling. Um, we haven't really seen his submission defense all that much in the UFC yet. But uh, I sure you have seen other fights as well as, as, as guys have jumped for his neck. And he's decent at that. Cerrone's on another level when it comes to submissions. I think Cerrone's very dangerous off his back. He's dangerous off top. Wouldn't be surprised if Cerrone maybe tries to get to this ground, put Justin on his back. I think it's going to be really hard to do. I think Cerrone's got to lead with those counter kicks, man. If you watch the Adrian Martins fight, Adrian Martins was throwing big shots. Fucking left high kick. Just one of my favorite knockouts ever. Slapped him on his feet. Um... That was a beautiful high kick by Donald Cerrone. I like Donald at 155. Um, I like him as the underdog. Listen, I, I can see a lot of money getting put on Donald Cowboy right here. 
um, in the Tony Ferguson fight, he just got out dog, right? I mean, Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, to me, next to maybe Khabib in in in, in Ferguson, because I that fight needs to happen. I would love to see Gaethje and uh in Ferguson fight. That makes the most sense to me. Both guys come forward, that'd be an incredible war. Um, so Ferguson and Gaethje have similar styles where they come forward. Tony throws at all crazy angles and has long jabs and and it's in in uh and had some uh, had some crazy crazy stuff. So I just got a weird text message from me. I haven't talked to him in about fifteen years. Oh, it's it's, it's a spam. She got hacked. Oh boy, I don't know what that means. All right. Um. Yeah. So back to the main event. Sorry, sorry, guys. Um. But Cerrone can win this fight, right? I like him at the underdog. I think money should be put on him. I'm just a Gaethje guy. I think Gaethje's more powerful, better wrestler, better grappler. Um, striking, I don't love Donald's hands. I think his hands are a little weak, but his kicks are great. Gaethje has great kicks too. I, I haven't seen that many people really kick Cerrone's legs. Um, I wouldn't maybe advise trading leg kicks. I think you got to set leg kicks, set up the head and, and whatnot. So... I like Gaethje. I think Gaethje has this. I think he's he's going to wait for a big call out. Conor McGregor makes sense at the end of the year. If he comes out unscathed, the winner of Tony and Khabib. I love Justin against Khabib. I mean, Khabib's the best in the world. I love Justin against Tony Ferguson as well. Uh, Justin's my guy. This guy is the ex- most exciting fighter in the world. I think he's more exciting uh, than Tony Ferguson. Uh, I'll go on record and say that. Um, the guy's action-packed, right? He's 20-2. and two. Had some ugly, ugly losses when he came to the UFC. A lot, a lot of people believe the hype wasn't real. Two back-to-back one-punch knockouts over Vic and Edson Barboza. Um, Donald Cerrone is similar height to Barboza and Vic, so I like that. Gaethje has been training for a tall, lanky guy um, like Cerrone. Cerrone likes to keep long, keeps his head kind of high in the air, doesn't have the best defense in the world, does get hit a lot. So I'm all over Justin Gaethje in this one. I am all over it. Okay, so enjoy the fights. I'm going to give you my locks of the night right now. Just cause I'm trying to help you guys. Okay. My lock of the night, my gambling lock of the night, the like the lock of the night that will, I mean, I could obviously go Gaethje at minus 200, which I will bet that I always bet my guys. I could go, um, Carlos Jr. at minus 230. You got to put up a lot of money to win a lot of money. I'm not going to do that to you guys. I'm going to give you Jimmy Crute. Jimmy Crute's going to be my lock of the night. This kid is going to win that fight guaranteed. And my underdog lock of the night is going to be, um, Andrew Sanchez. I'm all over Sanchez. I like that fight. I think it's going to be a very close fight. The judges could fuck me uh, that he could lose a decision, a very thin decision, because, again, his style isn't the most pleasing. But uh, I like my odds in that. That's a, I like the odds in that one. All right. So thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm going to be pumping some out here. I mean, you guys will never know. But like I said, I like being honest with my uh, with my audience. I'm going to Disney World, not next week, the week after. So I will be having to pump out some. There's only going to be one podcast a week I'm in Disney, and that will be um, for the pick for Hermanson and Cannoneer, which is in Denmark, I believe. Pretty good card. Um, so next week I'll recap UFC Vancouver. We'll pick UFC Mexico, which is Saturday. I leave Sunday, and then you won't hear from me until Friday of that following week, and then we'll recap everything when I get back to Disney World. Get back from Disney World. I'll probably be dead. Um, exhausted. My feet will be swollen. I probably won't be able to talk. I'm going there for seven days, guys. Pray for me with a two-year-old. 
seven days with a two-year-old and in-laws and um yeah <laughs> that's what this could be um i really appreciate the good feedback as well i made that little video i'm gonna put another one out tomorrow um a video about i, I gave you one fight don match fight I, I got some impressive feedback from that a lot of guys reached out and said oh that's cool you're doing video trying some new things of course you know trying to evolve here and uh it is what it is so thank you for listening um be sure to like and subscribe follow me at mma takes podcast on instagram follow me at mma takes on twitter more active on twitter but follow me wherever you want wherever you please wherever you please and i'll talk to you boys next week let's win some money this weekend huh what do you say hey boys let's win some money now boys you want to take it from the top yeah let's try it okay he will rock you he My heat will move your soul Come on, come on, come on, come on Love me today Love me tomorrow All day, all night You feel my heat You repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. Feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You wanna lay it down? We rolling on the rehearsal?